Welcome, everyone, to the November 2012 edition of the Learning to Lead podcast. I'm really excited about this month's interview, and we'll introduce the uh, speaker in a moment. But before I do, I just want to remind you the purpose of this uh, podcast is to expose you to great leadership material that will help you grow and develop in your leadership um, journey. And so I hope that it's done that for you. Um, the whole premise of this leadership podcast was 10 years ago. <clears throat> I had a mentor, Larry Betancourt, who encouraged me to take one leader out a month and send him a list of questions that I was wanted to ask and um, ask them over a cup of coffee. And so I've been doing that for about 10 years now. And I thought eventually got to the point where I thought, hey, this is really selfish. What if I shared found a way to record these interviews and actually could share them with people who are interested in the subject of leadership and would love to spend time with, with great leaders as well. And so I've been doing that since January of this year. This will be the 10th interview, and uh, it's been a huge, uh, a hugely beneficial experience for me to get around some of these great men. And, um, and I'm really excited just about for the months to come. And again, if you know anybody that you would like me to interview or you think uh, would be worth uh, interviewing for this podcast, please let me know. You can email me suggestions at DougSmithLive at gmail.com, and I'd greatly appreciate that. So that being said, uh, let's jump right into this month. As I said, I'm interviewing John Henney, who is the owner and uh, the operator of Henney Jewelers, which is in Shadyside in Pittsburgh. And uh, I'll just run you through John's bio, and then we'll jump right into the interview. It was absolutely excellent. And this was was really personal for me because I actually bought my wife's engagement and wedding rings at Henny Jewelers. It was recommended to me by a great friend and uh, went there. And as soon as I stepped into the jewelry and met the salespeople and met the Hennies, I knew it was a special business. And I've gotten to know them over the past two years. And they're just an incredible family. They have an incredible business. And uh, you'll get to hear a lot about uh, their their walk with God and how they incorporate their walk with God in their business. And I think you'll be really, really blessed with that. So as far as John, here's his bio. John Henney is currently the president and co-owner of Henney Jewelers in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He's managed the family business since 1998, overseeing all aspects of the operation, including diamond procurement, accounting, sales, and marketing. Prior to functioning in that capacity, John was the sales manager. In 2004, John and his sister Meg Henny Gibson assumed full ownership of the company that was established in 1887 by their great-grandfather, Rudolph Joseph Henny. The mission of Henny Jewelers is to strengthen and enhance relationships, and John most enjoys the part he and Henny Jewelers can play in couples' lives as they prepare for marriage and grow in love throughout their married lives. Along those lines, he established the To Have and To Hold program that is designed to give couples financial incentives to properly prepare them for marriage through premarital counseling. Under John's leadership, Henny Jewelers has grown and received numerous local business and retail jewelry awards. John is most proud of being awarded the Pittsburgh Business Ethics Award by the University of Pittsburgh's David Berg Center for Ethics and Leadership and being named to the best places to work by the Pittsburgh Business Times. Prior to joining Henny Jewelers, John was a CPA with KPMG in the Audit and Tax Departments. He received a bachelor's degree in accounting from Grove City College in 1989. John is a past president of the Shadyside Chamber of Commerce and is currently on the board of directors of the Coalition for Christian Outreach, which transforms college students to transform the world. The Amani Christian Academy, which serves at at-risk inner-city youth in Pittsburgh, and Jewelers of America. He is also a member of Grove City Alumni Council and the Pittsburgh Chapter of Young Presidents Organization. 
He's accomplished a lot, but I think you'll really, really be blessed by the character of this man and just what he has to offer um, based on who he is and, and who God's called him to be. So enjoy the interview. I hope it adds value to your life, and we'll see you next month. Great. Well, hey, John, thank you so much for uh, doing this interview. I'm really excited, and I know it's going to benefit me as well as a lot of other people listening to it. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we get started, just tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, your passion, and, and really your business. Uh, well... John Henney, I'm married uh, to my wife, Dara, 13 years. We've got four boys, Jack, Luke, Mark, and Clark, 10 through 4. We have a family business uh, here in Shadyside, a retail jewelry store uh, that's been in the family for 125 years, uh, started by my great-grandfather and my grandfather and then my father. And I've had the privilege of working with my dad and my mother and my two sisters uh, for the last 20 years. have um, previously spent time in uh, accounting. I was a CPA at KPMG. and uh, you know, I've been a, a follower of Christ uh, uh, since I was a sophomore in high school and doing the best I can to continue to have his, uh, his grace uh, affect how I live my life, uh, both as a, as a father, as a uh, husband, uh, son, and as I try and lead this business the best that I can. Yeah. So walk us through your uh, your personal leadership journey. Did you always aspire to be a leader wherever you were? Uh, did you just jump into a leadership position here at Henny and then had to become a leader? Walk us through that. Well, there was. I don't think there was anything super intentional ever set out. Uh, I knew that I wanted to be in business. Accounting came very easily to me. Um, so when I was at Grove City, I, I realized that and switched to be an accounting major. Uh, was told that the best job you can get there is to go work for a big eight accounting firm at the time, which is now the, the big four. So I went out and worked at KPMG. Uh, I was always interested in accounting and finance and wanted to work you know, on the audit of federated investors, which I did, uh, but thought that possibly I'd want to eventually work in the family business because I uh, always looked up to my dad, respected him, um, liked the life that he lived, meaning that he was for the most part, home for dinner. Uh, he didn't have a ton of travel. Uh, he worked hard, but yet he was still available for his family. So that's sort of what I figured I would ultimately want to do and came in the business, but didn't, um, frankly, didn't look at the concept of leadership uh, in any way other than just sort of following in my father's footsteps. Okay, and name, maybe it's your father, but name a person or two that's really had a tremendous impact on you as a leader. Um... Well, I would say you know it, it's a culmination of so many things. I can't I can't pinpoint one. Certainly, watching my dad live his life is probably the greatest impact. Um, and I've always heard you know it's it's what you uh, what's caught more than what's taught uh, from people you're around. And you know my dad just lived his life in a way. It's uh, he put people first. Uh, honesty and integrity were always the foremost. Um, and then probably my time spent with Fred Federoff on the Imani board. Uh, learning from him and his leadership, um, that you know, focusing on the mission uh, and what we had to accomplish and what was important, um, keeping Christ centered to that mission, but then understanding ultimately people are, are who has to actually uh, do the mission and, and to make sure that they're equipped and um, that you're, they're properly praised and rewarded and, and thanked for what they do. Uh, but that's probably a combination of those things as well as. A number of different books that I've read over the years. I can't pinpoint one that's been more influential than another, but uh, I regularly try and read leadership books, business books, uh, management books. Any one or two that you'd recommend uh, everyone listening? Well, uh, John Stalwart's uh, Serving Leader is a great book. Uh, You know, going through the Leaders Collaborative was a good thing. 
and then there's you know lots of little ones here and there that I can't even put my finger on as to which ones to to name. Yeah. You talked about your, your father, and I had the privilege of having lunch with them, and unbelievable people, incredible people. I'm just curious. I just got married, starting a family, and even as you have your own family now, what are some lessons that you learned from your parents and even in your family, uh, just on how to raise a great family, how to raise a godly family um, that really does everything God calls them to do and be who God calls them to be? Well, I think that probably if I were to pinpoint it, uh, is that it was clear that my dad's focus was uh, I was uh, I'm really living for God, uh, although not maybe not even articulated that way so much. But he just if you watched his priorities, it wasn't about impressing other people. It wasn't about what anybody else thought about him. Uh, it wasn't about trying to have the biggest business, uh, but really doing what he felt was right in God's eyes and right by our family. You know he. He truly lived a life of unconditional love um, you know, towards my mother and uh, my siblings and myself. Uh, that we knew that we were we were always loved. That's awesome. Talk to us about uh, one or two of your greatest leadership failures and what you learned from them. Oh, I didn't prepare for that question. I missed that one. Uh, there are so many. Uh, you know, as I, I I will say that. You know, probably, and I'm going to switch this around, is that I, I do let people know here that I make mistakes every day. Uh, and there's, you know, someone, you know, brought up something. I said, listen, that, you're right, I made a mistake. And I'm going to make another one tomorrow and another one the next day. Um, probably the greatest leadership failures, though, would be uh, not communicating clearly enough to my staff. Uh, that, and it happens, it's an ongoing failure that um, you know, I have in my mind where the business is going, what my intentions are, what we want to do, and how I want to live it out, uh, and fail to communicate that properly to everybody else. And therefore, they, they don't know. They see what the business is doing, but they don't really hear from me what we're trying to do. And then the second would be that I don't uh, adequately uh, let people know how much I appreciate them, that um, you know, someone will do something, I'll think, well, that was great, but I fail to let them know that. You know, I, sometimes I think that I let them know, but I really haven't adequately let people know uh, how much I appreciate them and how great of a job they're doing. So try, I'm, those are the two things that I need to work on the most. Now, as young leaders, I feel like when we fail, we put so much pressure on ourselves and, and can be so hard on ourselves because we failed. Can you speak to that young leader? Uh, maybe made a mistake or did something that got excused from their job and they just feel like, hey, life's over. Can you, can you talk to those people? Well, you know, what you... Unfortunately, uh, all of us run through different things in our lives where you, you wake up and you realize those things that you thought were a big failure, thought were so important, aren't. And, you know, as we keep things in perspective, as you hear about the challenges that other people's face, um, you know, I think of that recent challenge of that child who died at the Pittsburgh Zoo. As a parent, you know, I, I can't imagine what they're going through. So what could I possibly do at this jewelry store that would be... a even comparable to that. There's nothing. So no matter how great of a failure or big of a mistake that I could make, it couldn't, it couldn't compare to that. So keeping it in perspective uh, when we fail in business or we fail in leadership, um, those are things that can be fixed for the most part, uh, where there are things, other things in life that can never be changed. Yeah. So you're on the board of several organizations. You own your own company. You're very involved in a lot of nonprofits in your church. How do you balance your your life outside of family with your family time? Um, 
when I'm with my family, I, I try my best to really be focused on them. I try when I can to to be with them. Uh, you know, I do spend a lot of time uh, away from them because of work. You know, during this this season, I'll be working six days a week. I work some evenings, um, but uh, you know, there's little personal time. You know, uh, that I, I kind of gave up working out. I don't golf on weekends. I do golf during nor business times when I would be golf when I would be at business that's when I would golf during the summer during the week uh, but you know really try and spend time with the kids and I lock certain things in the calendar that can't be moved for instance I'm an Indian guys with the boys so Jack and Luke uh, we go on these campouts three times a year for a weekend and it doesn't matter what else might be happening uh, those weekends are important that gives me real great one-on-one or really one-on-two time yeah. with my boys and I think it's just too important so and we try and take trips together um, now, I will tell you that I have found in this season of life, as my kids are getting uh, a little bit older and, and more time is needed to be committed to them, and I think it's important, I am tr- easing back on my outside commitments. I found myself on five boards as well as running the business and uh, you know, trying to be the best father I can be and husband, and I, I really felt that I couldn't do it all. So I have, this past January, I talked to my wife, and we've uh, agreed that I'm going to slowly get off of all of those commitments, and I've already uh, gotten off two. One will finish here in June, and the other two will finish within the next two years. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to take a break and see where God calls me, and we'll add back one or two. Um, There's so many worthwhile organizations to get involved with, and, and you feel compelled to help and to do what you can. But I've come to realize that my time is limited, and, and I can't forsake my most important responsibility my family. Um, and then ultimately my business uh, is important because we have 26 people here that depend on it uh, continue to be successful and my family can uh, depends on it being successful and frankly I can't do what I can with these outside organizations if I let my business fail yeah that's great <clears throat> so you're in a family business actually a lot of people I talk to that are in family businesses can talk about how difficult it can be just working for your parents or grandparents uh, especially when you're young, I have a friend that is in a he owns an, or he's in a family business, and he just talks about he sees so many changes that he'd love to make, you know, with the new technology out and things like that. But his his grandparents are stuck in the, their old ways and don't want to move to credit cards. Mm-hmm. Can you just talk about a little bit about owning your own business, but specifically being in a family business and how you kind of transition that? Um, I have I have the privilege of probably being a part of and the beneficiary of one of the most beautiful uh, generational transfers I've ever seen. And I, I have a lot of friends who have family businesses uh, through the jewelry industry. I know a lot of other family businesses. Uh, and my dad was so generous and so humble through this process that he made it extremely easy. Um, now, we had uh, a very strong desire to grow the business, to improve the business, not just to kind of rest uh, and let it continue and I think he was aware of that so he was comfortable letting us take the reins Mm -hmm. and very early on when we wanted to make decisions he would ultimately say eventually this business is going to be yours so these decisions really are meant for your future not for mine so it makes sense to me that you would make these decisions and he would allow us to make decisions that he disagreed with Mm -hmm. and some of them were wrong I never forgot when he advised against going into a particular magazine because uh, a lot of the designers that were uh, promoted in the magazine we didn't carry. And we 
plowed through it, spent a few thousand dollars, and the magazine came out, and I ultimately couldn't send it to my clients because he was right. And I used that box of magazines as a doorstop in the office uh, as a constant reminder <laughs> that, uh, you know, he has some wisdom and I make mistakes. But it was also a reminder that he let me make that mistake and never once said, I told you so. Um, so now remind me, I got off track here. What was the... Just the, the challenges of Oh, the family the business. business yeah. So... Um, now, there are challenges. You know, uh, at times you don't always agree. Uh, you don't always see eye to eye, and there's a difference of um, input sometimes. Uh, but my mom and dad could not have been more generous in letting us transition into leadership, um, true ownership of the business, really making the decisions. And then what I'm probably most proud of is that we managed to work out an amicable transition between my sisters and I. Uh, we all three worked here together. Um, and worked well together. They, they added value to the business, but we came to points in our lives where they and I realized it probably best if they could have more time with their family and therefore I would have more ownership of the business. So they both at different times uh, agreed to sell their shares uh, to me. So we've worked that out where uh, you know I'm continuing to pay them over time and they're uh, able to spend time with their family, which is so important. And, um, you know, things continue to go well. We still go on family vacations together. Uh, we still take Christmas pictures together. It's really wonderful. And it required both sides to be understanding and selfless and, and giving uh, for that to happen. I know too many examples of brothers who don't speak to each other, uh, fathers and sons who don't speak to each other. And So family business is wonderful, but it can have lots of challenges, and it has to be dealt with uh, delicately. And I think prayerfully, you know, we've all along we always prayed God's will be done and, and, and God's desire be our desire. What do you want when people think of Henny Jewelers? What do you want them to think, or what do you want your company to be known for? Um, well, I want our company to be known for a- absolute excellence in what we do. That we provide the best uh, possible products with the best service at a great value. But I also want us to be known, uh, probably most importantly, for honesty for integrity, for dealing with people rightly. And I want us to be known that for giving back, that uh, I think it's important that uh, we give back to the community. You know, the community supports us. They come here and trust us uh, to help them celebrate special occasions. And it's important that we give back to worthwhile charitable organizations within the community. And um, it's just that we do it because it's the right thing to do, but it also does pay dividends. It was just a customer in, uh, and they, they finally... Uh, came in. I've known them for a while, and they came here and, and bought some things. And they said, "I want you to know that we've determined we really want to support those companies that also give back to the community because that's important to us, and we think that that's important in the businesses that we support." That's great. Uh, one thing I love, obviously, I bought Lars and my wife's engagement ring mm-hmm. here and her wedding ring. And um, man, one thing I absolutely loved about you guys, you actually gave us a, a marriage book to prep us for marriage. And I, 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 that just blew me away. And Lauren, I read it and loved it. And I looked over, I was looking over your mission statement. I loved one statement that said, Our mission is to strengthen and enhance relationships. Can you talk about how you guys do that? And even you have the have the to have and to hold program. Talk us through that and where that came from. And, well, I think that it's important in business to understand what we're doing as opposed to just the transaction. You know, you could say, what do we do? Well, we sell rings. Well, we sell, you know, earrings. But really, what are we doing? You know, we're here to help strengthen and enhance relationships because so much of what we sell is someone expressing love 
or appreciation to somebody else. And to articulate that and let other pe- let people people who work here understand that better, I think is important. And and then along with that, we've realized that we have this very unique opportunity in working with young people who are getting engaged that you develop a real bond or relationship when you're selling that engagement ring or selling those wedding bands that, that's unlike almost any other retail transaction. You get to know them. You know how long they've dated. You know where they met. You know all these things about them. So we felt it's appropriate to speak into their lives a little bit about preparing for marriage. And so we do that in two ways. We found this great book, The Things I Wish I Knew Before I Got Married, uh, that we give. Frankly, we want it to be... Um, Christian, biblically based, but I don't want it to be overtly Christian and proselytizing. Uh, and so we, um, we think this is the perfect blend uh, of that, and I, I give it out regularly. I just gave it to a gentleman who was in today who's from Montana, and I don't know if he's going to buy his engagement ring here or not, uh, but I wanted him to have it because I think it's that important. Uh, I gave it to another gentleman who's uh, expecting the, the birth of their first son. Um, he got his engagement ring prior to us giving out the book. So I've given out two today already. Um, the To Have and To Hold program stems from, you know, my parents have done marriage counseling at their church. And they have said that uh, they see one of the challenges in society today and with this generation is that sometimes they put more emphasis on the wedding and preparing for that day than they do on preparing for the relationship of marriage. Mm-hmm. And so... We want to encourage people to do pre-marriage counseling. That we think that that's important. That um, you know, we train for everything. You know, Tiger Woods has a coach, uh, but we go into the most important relationship we will ever have in our lives, and we do almost no training for it. Uh, maybe a weekend, maybe two two hours in a class. And so we want to encourage people to try and think about that, uh, and we reward them. We give them a special discount if they they go through that. That's great. And that's part of the answer to my next question. But what I, one thing I love about your business is you do a great job of mixing faith and business. And I know that's a huge struggle for a lot of men in business, women, men and women in business that are Christian. So talk to us about how you intentionally do that with your company. It is it is a struggle. I, you know, I think some people probably do it better than we do. Um, I think the the best way that I would articulate it is that you know. Your faith should impact who you are and what you do and your decisions. And so we try and let that be real, that, you know, that uh, we do things a certain way, we care a certain way because of our faith, but we don't necessarily come out and so boldly proclaim it that it offends people. Um, I would think that uh, most people that you would speak to would have some understanding that we are people of faith, that we are Christian. Uh, but we may not have come out and said it or quoted a scripture verse in our dealings with them. Um, and, and I think that's the best way to do it is to live it, and then people will, if you will, they'll know, you know the love of Christ by how you love them. Yeah. What are, uh, what uh, were and are the most important decisions you make as the leader of your organization? Oh, um, you know, setting the ultimate tone, but also the most important decisions is, is in hiring. Um, you know, we we have to hire the right people to continue to carry out our mission. And for us, I've learned that for me, uh, people could be excellent at what they do, but if they don't have um, a love for other people and a sense of true happiness uh, within who they are, it's going to be very difficult for them to be an effective uh, employee here. There, it's going to be a, a difficult for them to be an effective team member and an effective representative of Henny Jewelers to our clients. So one of my favorite 
um, interview questions is on a scale of one to ten, how happy are you? <laughs> and I don't hire anybody ever below a seven. Wow. Rarely would I hire someone even a seven. Uh, someone's got to be eight, nine, or ten, because I've learned over time if someone isn't happy with who they are, uh, they can never be good in the business because things that affect them in their life are going to impact how they operate in business. And not always, but generally I find that that means the people we are hiring tend to have uh, an element of faith in their life because for the most part I find that people who have a contentment with who they are, a happiness in who they are, is because they've got that from Christ. Uh, and ultimately I don't think you can truly get that outside of Him. That's good. Last business question. Uh, when I was out with your dad, he just he told me several times that you've taken risks that he he would not have taken with the store and growing the business. Talk to us a little bit about taking risks in life and business. Um, just speak to that. Well, um, two things. I, I think that the, most of my risks have always been calculated. I, I'm thoughtful. I plan them out, um, and I've taken risks in business. We've gone into some debt and in, in building the store and doing different things, and and I've planned them cautiously and carefully and, and believe prudently. Um, the same element to that is ultimately, I will tell you that my my ultimate goal or, or, or prize is not money. So if it were to be taken because of a risk I took, um, that would be okay. Uh, believe me, I don't want that. I don't, <laughs> that's never my intention. I don't take these risks thinking, well, you know what, I might fail. I take them all with the full belief that it's going to succeed. But um, I think it's important to try and grow, to continue to improve. And you know, I do that from learning from other businesses and seeing what they're doing uh, and always doing the best that we can. And uh, you know, there's times when I get worried because we do have debt in this business and there are risks that associated with that. Um, and I, I get concerned. I say, oh, you know, gosh, did we take too much risk? But ultimately I continue to remind myself that you know, as we continue to do the best by our clients and do hire the best people, uh, and, and truly strive to be the best uh, jeweler in our area, um, clients are going to continue to come back. They're going to reward us with their business and their trust, and, and we're going to continue to do well. Yeah, I believe that. Um, let's get a little more personal as we close out today. So what do you want your legacy to be? What do you want to be remembered for? Oh, um, gosh, I would probably... Uh, most want to be remembered uh, by what my kids become hmm. and who they become. Wow. That, uh, that you know, for someone to say John did this or John did that, that'll be neat. Uh, you know, if it were just focused on me, I'd want them to say he was a man of integrity, he was a man of godly character, he was a man who made a difference in people's lives. But ultimately, I think it's going to be if my kids do that, if they uh, become men of godly character, of honesty, integrity, and compassion, and they care for their fellow man, and they make a difference with who they are. That will be my legacy. That may have been the uh, the best answer I've ever gotten to that question. Um, where are you at in 15 years? Well, let's see. That would be Jack would be 25 and Clark would be 19. So uh, I will still be, uh, I believe, at the helm if you were running any jewelers, doing the best we can with it. Um, it will be uh, better and bigger than it is today, uh, impacting more people. Um, I believe that I will have um, walked alongside my boys in helping them grow to, to be men of uh, godly uh, character. Um, married to my wife at the time, 28 years. Uh, hopefully doing all that I can to, to bring her joy and happiness and, and affirm her. Um, but I, I would say 
other than all of us getting older, not much different than than where we are today and what we're doing and you know giving back to the community where I can uh, and continue to be the best we can here at Henny Jewelers. That's good. And last question: What uh, what advice do you have to young leaders? Oh gosh, I would say um, you know put first things first, uh, and, and that's putting Christ and, and God first uh, in your life. Understanding what that means and how that. Uh, plays out and everything else that you do and then do the best that you can in every opportunity that you're given that means if you're given an opportunity to work and you work hard you be the best you can at whatever that is uh, i don't care if that's starting at the very very bottom but be the best you can and, and don't concern yourself about what you're going to be next or what step is next ahead of you do the best you can with what's in front of you and those next steps those other opportunities will come one last question, because actually this did prompt this. Uh, you talked about how money's not your end all. A lot of young leaders, it's like, hey, I want to make a ton of money. You know what I mean? We all grow up. We have to be responsible for a family. Can you just talk about money versus pursuing your dreams and what's in your heart and what you're passionate about? Sure. Um, and making money an end all. I, uh, you know, money isn't bad, and making money isn't bad. It's a wonderful thing, and a lot, a lot of good can come of it, and you can provide a lot of good things to charities. You can provide a lot of good things to your family and opportunities that we may not have enjoyed before. But uh, I regularly ask my kids, they say, what's most important? And they, they list it in this order. They say, God. What's next most important? And I add family. And then uh, our order goes friends, other people, the world. And then I say, okay, and what's last? Money. And, uh, and when I say that doesn't mean it's bad, but that means that's not our goal. If we uh, continue to do whatever opportunity we're given, if we continue to do the best in it, money likely, if it's if there's an opportunity for money to be made from it, money will likely follow. But if you put money first, I think that you're going to ultimately be unfulfilled. And usually that means it doesn't come about. Um, when we went through the downturn in 2008, I, I met with our staff and I said, we are going to do better in this downturn than our competition because money is not what's most important to us. So we're going to make the right decision for what's right at the time for our clients as opposed to what's right money-wise. And I feel that there are businesses that made decisions that were only money-focused uh, and therefore were short-sighted. Uh, and if, you, if money isn't the ultimate goal, and what's doing what's right by people and by your staff and everything, then you're going to make the right decision, and I do believe money will actually follow from that. That's great. John, I've enjoyed our time together. Thank you for your time and your wisdom, and we're really looking forward to listening to this again and taking notes with it. Uh, <laughs> and a lot of